1: are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Moretz and I'm on the grid and so is the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. And we're also on the clock because we've got a ton of stuff uh, to break down. Uh, you like fighting? We've got fighting. UFC throws down once again and uh, it's been a violent week in Jacksonville, Florida in the UFC octagon. You like racing? We're breaking it down. We're talking NASCAR on the program. Uh, today. You like soccer? We're kicking the ball like Pele, Bundesliga style. Uh, Bundesliga returns uh, to the folders. We're going to break down a league that we know absolutely nothing about, and we're going to do it with full confidence. Uh, We step up and in. (laughs) We've got golf. We've got the Skins game. Oklahoma State in the house, and we're rolling the dice. It's like we're taking the Oklahoma State Cowboys plus the points
2: against the Sooners, Cam. Hey, I like the points that we're getting, buddy. We're getting generous points, so yeah. 18 points, (laughs) plus 180, (laughs) plus 18. (laughs) Yeah, if we weren't getting 18, we wouldn't be looking at uh, the pokes for sure. But uh, I'll tell you, Gabe, as I said before on the show earlier, I think there's a lot of advantage when you're playing match play golf, knowing your uh, partner really, really well and being friends with a partner is a big thing. And you also want two diverse players. So the thing that I like about Fowler is he can get hot with the putter and Matthew Wolf is a better driver of the golf ball than Fowler. Fowler sprays it and Wolf tends to hit it big and straight. So you know what? I'm going to give our plus 18 a shot, buddy. How about the money line too? Sprinkle, sprinkle. Well, I'll
1: tell you what. There's more props uh, right now posted. FanDuel's got more props posted for these skins games than uh, than a carrot top uh, show. You're just a prop comic. Where's
2: the skill? <laughs> I think carrot top's actually pretty good as a, a prop comic. It's not that easy, but anyway, that's a story for another day.
1: Yeah, settle down, Ronnie Ruggs. Of course, yeah, you know, of course, like you, carrot top's your guy. Um, and you know, it's always amazing when people um, you know compare you to carrot top because you know. You guys look nothing nothing like. Carrot
2: Top looks like a crackhead with long, curly hair. I look nothing like Carrot Top. I look Come on. Carrot
1: Carrot Top um, has done more steroids in his life than Brock Lesnar, though. (laughs) Like, I think you could put Carrot Top in a UFC octagon. I'm telling you. Like, Carrot Top's one of those dudes. Like, I remember it's true. He was, like, a skinny kid. He had, like, the afro. Hey, guys, I'm Carrot Top. And he's pulling stuff out of the box and stuff. (laughs) And now... Now, like, he's on, like, next-level type stuff. Like, he's doing, like, the premium drugs. He's got, like, you know, ultra, like, um, plastic surgery, facelifts. He's all ripped. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be messing with Carrot Top at 3 in the morning in an elevator in Vegas, I'll tell you that much.
2: That's a good point, Gabe. Uh, yeah, he's got bad work done, though. Like, you know, some chicks get really good work done. Carrot Top's work. Oh, looks like a freak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He got very, very bad work done with, uh, with his plastic surgery. But that's a story for another day. He would kill anybody in a celebrity fight, though. I wouldn't deal with Carrot Top either. will knock your head off.
1: Well, not, not everybody can uh, be like uh, you, can and just uh, roll out of bed and have such a natural look like Roddy Ruggs <laughs> uh, every day. Some people have to put some work uh, yeah. into this. Uh, but there are a lot of props uh, for the golf Listen, I look at these and, you know, it's very similar to actually like betting a boxing match and when will fight end. And you start throwing darts, plus 800, ninth round, plus 400, 11th round. And you sort of get into the right, uh, you hope that you just sort of fall into the right neighborhood, so to speak. And I look at the golf and I sort of see the same thing. You know, they're like, who's going to win the fifth hole? It's like I don't know like, you kind of get it. Who the hell you. do I know? That. Like if yeah. you
2: say you could break down the holes, you're you're you know what you are? A liar. But there's not paydays yeah. cab. So uh, I know like,
1: we'll get into it. I want to throw, <laughs> I want to throw a couple of darts uh, at these, and we'll talk about the first hole actually, because there's might be value on the first hole. Uh, but let's uh, welcome everybody tuning in uh, right now across the nation on the loudest station in the nation, SP Nation Radio. I'm Gabriel Burrzi throwing it down with the Raging Redhead cab, Dwarf. It's Friday. So, in the mortal words of Bruce Buffer, it's time. It's time to break it down. Uh, we've got the UFC. Uh, once again, can't you can't get enough of the UFC. These cards have been absolutely terrific.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: you know, violent as hell. And um, you know, you we say to yourself, oh, how are they gonna top uh, how are they gonna top Saturday's card? It's like, well, they'll find a way. And uh, for anybody that's watching dinner uh, right now, we're gonna give you a little bit of a warning. Um, you know, and if you're a little squeamish, uh, basically, if you're a little girl and you know you don't like to uh, see, uh, I'm not kidding. This is nasty as hell. Uh, check out Gabriel Benitez's uh, shin,
2: looking real good here, huh? It looks like an oyster dipped in blood. Like, I, I I looked at that thing, it's sickening. There's a hole in the guy's leg. I gotta tell you, man, and they took up violence a notch, and I've seen some crazy things before, and you have too, but I gotta be honest with you, some parts of that fight, I'm kind of going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, even my girlfriend, she loves this stuff. She was like, I can't watch these guys getting killed like this anymore. It was turning her stomach. The worst part is they got killed for like eight thousand dollars. I know. know. Like if you're if you're gonna take your life in your hands, don't you want to get paid? Excellent point by you. It's like you can't pay me enough. And listen, like that. They say, and of course they always say, well, you know, the safety of the fighters is paramount. Listen, guys,
1: I was in the ambulance with Heath Herring, literally, in an ambulance with Heath Herring after he got murdered by Brock Lesnar, and. Nobody from the UFC came over to see if he was oh. all right. Like, number one. <laughs> number two, they oh, they did actually, I take that back. They did as they came over and they said, Oh, by the way, if um, you don't get him to the hospital uh, by uh, 3 a.m., he's no longer covered. Basically, oh, like there was like a, <laughs> there, like he was on the clock to get to the hospital, even though he was like nearly half dead in the ambulance. And I'll never forget the ambulance, um, she turned around, she walked away. And the ambulance driver said, you know, we were gonna go to this hospital, but he goes, now we're going to this other one. And he said, basically, like, F these people. Like, he brought them to the most expensive hospital in the city.
2: <laughs> nice, I like that. Yeah, turn it back on them. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, they went to Mount Sinai type deal. After <laughs> uh, he like, all right, all right. This whole thing, these guys are getting murdered in the middle of a pandemic. They gotta go back home uh, after and deal with the, you know, their cave, uh, cave horrible bones and lost teeth and I want to get into this a little bit Uh, but we got Overeem we got Walt Harris
0: dailyroto.com learn from the game's best DFS players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day
1: Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Moretzzi and I'm on the grid and so is the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, SB Nation, radio the loudest station in the nation. Let's do this thing. We're going to get to uh, all of our picks. And we've got uh, UFC picks. We've got Bundesliga soccer picks. Uh, we've got NASCAR picks. And we're, we're going to have uh, golf skin game uh, picks as well. But uh, I've got a bone uh, to pick. Going to get on the old soapbox uh, right now. So it's been a great week of fights. From uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and you wondered how they're going to top the violence level of what we saw on Saturday night. And i got to tell you, watching the UFC camp without fans is not for like the squeamish. No, it's like if it, 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 you realize how violent this sport is, like when everyone's booing and cheering and talking, you don't really hear that.
2: No, and those leg like, hitting bone. Leg hitting like, bone.
1: watch it like this, sometimes, and Cam, I've been around this sport for like 20 plus years, right? And even me, man, I'm like, dear God, like you just hear it, it's just so
2: violent. <laughs> and- yeah, even when they don't mean to be, like you get kicked in the family jewels. If there were fans there, they'd be like, boo, get back there, it's not that bad. Yeah, you try getting kicked in the nuts like that and getting back to fight, like, give me a break. You said it, man, these things, these sounds are crisp. And the announcers too, you can hear them, the fighters looking over to the announcers, shut up. Like you keep on talking, it's, it's wild. I'll tell you, I like it without. I said it before, I think it without fans is better. And I don't think uh, this is a sport that can see, could succeed without it for as long as they need to.
1: Well, you know what, I, I agree. People, and people are loving it actually. And it's funny because uh, Daniel Cormier said, you know, I didn't really, I was kind of put off at first. I was wondering how it was gonna work. He goes, now I love it without fans. Paul Felder, who's a fighter, said, you know, I miss the fans. I, and he said, I like the craziness of an arena. He said, like, and Felder's a crazy guy, right? So Felder said, I actually like the people yelling, and it's all crazy and stuff. But he says, he goes, man, this is good. You can hear everything. Like, even fighters are like, whoa, this is cool. And I've heard this before. First time I went to a live MMA event, I was sitting cage side. It was a bunch of nut jobs in Montreal fighting, like, really violent camp. Like, it was almost like biker war type stuff. It wasn't even like MMA. It was like, these guys are just beating the crap out of each other. (laughs) Somebody got kicked in the head, bro. And I just heard that sort of, that the bone, the foot to the guy's skull. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like, I just heard this talk. I'm like, man, these guys are tough from the shots that they take. So speaking of toughness, uh, first things first actually, Cam. So there's been two UFC events um, this week so far, Saturday and then Wednesday. And both main events, the underdog is one. For so really? Justin Gaethje cashed pretty big, man. People got like, you know, depending on your number, plus 170, plus 180, plus 190, et cetera. Gaethje closed in a pretty big number last Saturday night. And similar situation. All the money came in on Anthony Smith late. He was closing in the 210, 220 range. Glover to gets it done. So the two main events, guys. Boom, underdog, cashes. Yeah, it can. There have been eleven fights because there's been a cancellation on each card. The cancellation on Wednesday's card wasn't due to COVID; it was just a uh, weight cut stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> typical weight cut. So, um, but the on Saturday, can, the favorites went nine and two. The only favorites that didn't win was Fabricio Verdum and Tony Ferguson. Yep. On Wednesday night, eleven fights. And let's call it five and four, because there were a couple of fights that were basically pickles, pick minus 108, 104, 104, yeah. 102. Johnson, the Johnson fight was a pickup. Exactly, Johnson and, and Hernandez and Dolber in the same type of rage. So let's call the other nine fights where there was distinctive favorites and, and lines on it. Four underdogs cashed, four underdogs cashed. And I've always said this, Cam, and you know this too, it's contagious. It's, I don't know how or why, it's like a virus. If all the favorites start winning, the favorites start winning. If a, if a card is boring, the card stays boring. If a card is crazy, it gets crazy. It's amazing like how it's so content. It's like, oh, a couple underdogs won. And I don't know if it motivates the other underdogs backstage. Like, you know what? I'm gonna win now. Uh, or like, it's like when there's crazy fights, it also motivates guys. Cause they're like, man, I want to get that $50,000 fight of the night bonus. And we're really gonna have to bring it now. And sometimes Cam fighters, not so much in today's era. Yeah, it's not the same. Today's fighters aren't as crazy, per se. They're more athletes. But in the old days, there used to be wink-wink deals backstage. For Ken. sure. For it sure. would be like, listen, who cares if we win or lose? Let's freaking go for it. And get One of us fight. is going to win, and then let's get those fight of the night bonuses. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it takes two to do that. And you'll notice, Cam, once again, the, remember the other night? Luque and Price was like the best fight of the night. Remember, it was just crazy. It was like, man, these guys are nuts. What happened on Wednesday night? The craziest fight of the night? A fight nobody cared about or talked about. Morales and Benitez. What a fight. That was...
2: I know, I love that fight. Venezuela versus Mexico. Oh, it was awesome. And the... Hey, man, Gay... Benitez, he he took a lick, too. Like, Moras, that was awesome. Like, these guys, the best thing about that fight is one guy was killing each other, and the other guy would just stop his momentum, and then vice versa, vice versa. Like, that rarely happens in a fight. When you you see a guy take total advantage and start to, like, really put combos together, you usually finish it, but... These guys are such veterans, and they knew each other. It was weird. It's like they almost saw what was coming. And we talked about, you brought up the point about the announcers before. I thought it was fantastic. What about Kelleher, too? Like, Gabe, I'm noticing something, too, and I'm just going to throw this at you. And I, I, this is a straight-up fact. I'm on four or five different, different books. All the fights that steamed to the favorite, all of those guys lost.
1: That's Probably crazy. a lot of yeah. action
2: on Smith, a oh, lot, oh, lot of azure, action on— Asher was, like, the trendiest pick He was the pick He's of the steeped. year. I know, that's why I took the other guy, but I didn't do it in the other fights. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the only guy who picked this guy. And it was pure luck. Like, oh, this Irish guy, bald guy looks pretty tough. He's got the uh, the best smack talk, (laughs) total thick New York accent. I love that guy. I'm a big uh, fan of his.
1: And what he said, he goes, he goes, yeah, why don't you give me them, some of them joint papers. So I can roll him up and smoke him. Smoke him exactly. Like I said, "Some of those joint papers." Yeah, he's like hey, O'Malley.
2: O'Malley, you're next. It's like the best, the Irish guy calling out O'Malley. It's, <laughs> <laughs> he's. I'm like, Keller he heard said O'Malley. like I'm gonna
1: smoke you. It was just so awkward. He goes, "Get what? me some of those joint papers so I can put you in them and ro- roll you smoke up and you. smoke you." That
2: was awesome. No, I like was like, guy. dude, your smack talk is just so, like, awkward. But and another, yeah, and another one, game before I finish my point, three fights. So the final, the final fight, everybody was on Smith. That was a loser, and we fell for one. I had a great night, too. I won it with a lot of uh, the totals that we took. Linz. Linz was another huge steam movement. Right. And Andre Orlovsky looked fantastic. Man, Gabe, you've been following this stuff for years. I remember Andre Orlovsky when we were working together. Like, that's all. Like, he looks good, though. He I mean, looks you good. You know
1: what? Is, like, he looks good physically. He wasn't fantastic. Linz sucks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> just <throwing> <laughs> I brought it up during the fight, though. You are, right, you are right about it. Yeah. Linz can't wins. So. <laughs> I brought it, it up during up the fight, actually. Yeah. And I said, I said, it's amazing. I said, if you look at Orlovsky, he does look really good for a he guy does. in his 40s. Like, he's still ripped. He doesn't look old. Like, he's, you he know, what I mean, he's, he looks the same almost. Like, yeah. he kind of he looks the same, but he's slower and stuff. But, you know, he's a grizzled vet. Listen, this Linz guy wasn't very good. Orlovsky was 3 9 1 his last 13 fights, but he fought tougher guys. Now, I want to even get on my soapbox. I didn't even get to it yet. As far as Anthony Smith's corner is a disgrace.
2: Oh, uh, they should be on. Those arrested. guys are
1: a disgrace. Your fighter had a broken orbital bone, a broken nose. He went back in between rounds. He told them, "My teeth are falling out, one yeah. by one." His teeth were falling out. Like not one. It's not like, oh yeah, he took a pock, he lost a couple of teeth. No, 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 no. His teeth were falling out through the fight. Like, dude, the ref, there's a video of the referee going, oh, oh, man, Anthony. And he actually goes, your teeth are right here. And Glover Teixeira, what a class act. He said, I'm sorry, bro. I know, exactly. He said, man. I hope you're okay. And he's like, he was basically like telling his own corner. Guys, like, it's you're not a wimp for throwing the corner in. For, I For throwing the towel in. Like, the whole thing is, if they throw the towel in, he's able to fight in six months. He's going to be so messed up, he ain't fighting for a year now. They could have he it he from got murdered they could
2: have like, sure. oh, it's
1: just stupid. It and was. John Jones, after laughing oh, yeah. at it, saying, oh, oh laughing my- at the home invasion. And I hate to admit it, but we knew it. We should have known, man. The guy couldn't knock out a
2: freaking home invader, Dan. Like, yeah, yeah, I hate to say it, but it's true. The math with the home invader, maybe he just can't knock anybody out. Maybe the home invader just... <laughs> just uh, well, that's the thing, too. And, and my girlfriend brought up a great point about the grizzled bets. Never count out a grizzled bet, game. A lot of these older guys yeah. are getting their second and third win. And he, that's why. That's why it's real dangerous
1: to bet against Dallas for Overy now. This is another grizzled bet who's an underdog in a main event on Saturday night. All right, so we'll get into that and more. Game time assistance continues. Uh, with NASCAR returning. Uh, but uh, let's start off with some, uh, some lighter news uh, right now. Congratulations to this uh, man. And it always happens to other people besides me and Cam, but yep. a better in Las Vegas won $25,000 <laughs> uh, on a parlay. And he's like, how do you win a $25,000 parlay? What's he betting on? He bet on ping pong. A guy in Nevada threw down $100 on a 10-game parlay. 10-match parlay. Table tennis. Yep. He went 10 for 10. And he won
2: $24,741.40. All favorites. All favorites. He just parlayed every favorite. That's the crazy thing, Not um, one dog one. You know, table table tennis,
1: <laughs> table tennis, aka ping pong, is a big sport internationally. Uh, this is um, this is the Russian uh, table tennis league that was going on. I got to be honest with you, me
2: personally, I would uh, I would be very suspicious of this. I agree with you hundred percent. First time uh, I looked like at the story. Exactly. Oh, I believe the story the story yeah. happened the guy won the money yep so the story is will William Hill's not making it up no they're not the
1: guy won the money but I'd be weary. and put it this way I'd be very like I'd be weary. Next, this guy well next time this guy places a table tennis uh parlay only because it's such a unique situation another thing is everything in Russia is corrupt so all you know is ping pong fixed I don't know uh, but oh, uh- going going 10 for 10 like that. And how many other times has this guy played these crazy parlays and
2: didn't win, but nice story that the guy took the book for 25K. Yeah, no, it's a great story, Gabe, but I agree with you. Like when I look at the story, me and you've been gambling for a very long time. First thing I think about, how much does a ping pong player make? Would he like to shave off a guy a couple grand, too, in the parlay? Does he know anybody? Six degrees of separation, a friend of a friend, who knows? Because to do that is very, very difficult. It can happen, but I'm questioning yeah, I mean, it, Yeah, you too. can't fix ten matches. No, you can't fix ten matches. But so, to, your, to your point, though, I'd be very, very wary of this guy moving forward, though. Like, my deal is I'd be – I just want to know if he's Russian. Mm, like, you yes. know, that's
1: the thing. If I was Will, here, you know, I'd look at his name and I'd say, you know, is this guy Russian? Like, what, what does he know? Hell, and maybe you hire him as a your ping pong handicapper, your ping pong <laughs> odds maker uh, after the fact. Uh, but I like to see these uh, stories. Uh, but as we stated, I mean, anyone who's throwing a hundred dollars down on a um, on a ten team uh, table tennis parlay is obviously someone that bets a lot. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid and get in the cage. We're getting in the cage. We're also going to get on to the track uh, as well and uh, break down NASCAR Darlington, give you our picks, Bundesliga picks, skins games picks. Let's just talk a little UFC right now. No, oh, y'all yeah, we'll will get some Major League Baseball uh, talking about how. Um, actually, let's just do that right now before we get back on track because um, you know as it is right now, guys. Normally we would have more guests on the program, guys. For people tuning in uh, right now. If you're listening on the radio, uh, we appreciate it. Whatever city you're in, we hope you're staying safe. Uh, but um, like we're in New York City, and obviously, you know, studios are closed, as you see. Conan O'Brien's still doing a show in front of a uh, white wall and a guitar. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> uh, so we're working. We're working our way back up um, into the, you know the full production of the show, uh, actually, and we have some big things coming up uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. We will be, um, you know, we will be um, fully live. We'll be taking calls. We'll have craziness and all that type of stuff uh, going on uh, real shortly. Um, all the um, everything's being worked on right now, um, as we speak, actually. So, you know, we're working out the details. Um, we're going to be moving around a bit uh, throughout the summer. So, it's just some logistical stuff uh, that we're working out. Uh, but I actually have this is pretty cool. I was able to pull it off. Remember. Um, the other day, we gave everybody Trevor uh, Trevor Bower's phone number. Yep. Uh, Trevor Bowers said, hey, give me a call. You got 48 hours. Give me a call. And uh, <laughs> if I like your message, I'm going to give you, you know, some autographed baseballs and my cleats and stuff. <clears throat> so I still have his number. And I actually have him on the line here right now. And, uh, hey, Trevor, is there going to be baseball this year? Ha, 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 ha. There's uh, <laughs> thank there's you, Mr. Trevor, Bauer. <laughs> there's Trevor Bauer for us. That, listen, Trevor Bauer said that it's laughable. Yeah. He said all this stuff is laughable, and it's not. You know, it's not even real. And Blake Snell, yeah. Blake Snell comes out and just point blank says, "I like Blake Snell's honesty." Actually, yeah. Just point blank says, "I'm not playing for any more or less money. It's all, It's not worth the risk.
2: Yeah, I'm and not playing." And you see on Twitter, i hey, what about the guy who works at the grocery it's kinda like your point? Well, he doesn't work at the grocery store. Like I'm coming like I'm coming around to your thinking more and more about stuff. There's a reason why, okay. So, grocery store guy, when you were doing bongs and partying up on the roof with the custodian at your high school and blowing joints and skipping school, Blake Snell was working on his curveball, fastball, all the other pitches in our arsenal. Think about all the things that you miss to become a professional athlete. Then you get paid afterwards, like your other point about being a lawyer. You went to school for six damn years, eight years, whatever, of your life, where everybody else is yucking it up and partying. If you make the million dollars in your salary, good on you. You made sacrifices in your life. I agree with you. Snell shouldn't have to work for less. That's my take.
1: The thing is, you know, there's everyone. There's a there's levels of hypocrisy everywhere uh, here uh, right now. Uh, But the people, the people that get um, the most upset about uh, these things would never, would never accept the same thing happening to them, and. A good example is basically, you know, all socialism's terrible and uh, universal income is terrible. Um, you know, we're all about capitalism. And baseball is the model of capitalism. I don't like salary caps. I've always complained about salary cap leagues. I've always said salary caps are un American. Like, why would you cap how much money somebody can make? It's just, it doesn't make sense. And salary caps do not help make teams better. You know what salary caps do? They help make billionaires richer, okay? I would spend, Jerry Jones can spend more money. Jerry Jones has a $4 billion yacht. Jerry Jones can spend more money on his team, right? But, oh, I can't, listen, I would give you more, but there's a cap. Caps were created by these people. Of course there's a cap, all right? So, And I've said this for years, and people have always looked at me kind of strangely. What do you mean salary caps are un-American and communist? They are. You're capping how much money someone's making. That's not capitalism. All right? That's simply not capitalism. Major League Baseball is a definition of capitalism. It is nobody has a gun to your head. You can pay me what I am asking you. If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's what capitalism is. Also supply and demand. I have a product that everybody wants, therefore I get more for it. Yeah. And as you stated, that's why if you work at Target for $9 an hour, your commodity is not in demand, right? In the same way that a highly skilled worker is. Yes. Yeah, so what's amazing though now is people expect players to live in some socialist socialist world. Well, these are tough times now, so you know what? Yeah, you should only make 25% of your original salary because, you know, because my life sucks and I want to watch you on TV, right? Like, it's amazing. It goes against everything. It's like, no, first off, they have a contract. First off, they already took a pay cut as part of the CBA that they lost a portion of their 25% of their salary. And then they spin it into patriotism and all this crap. And, and, and never mind the fact, it's not safe. Like Trevor Bauer has brought it up. It's not safe. He said they don't have any safety protocol in place, that like there's no plan. Like it's not as though they came with some like hardcore medical plan. Like at least the UFC had a plan. All right, we got 1,200 tests. We're doing this. You're in this hotel. Baseball is, oh, our preferred plan is we're opening up in every city on July 4th. And then, and then you got that whatever. I'm going to, you know, I'll keep it relatively clean here. But what do you got? Let's call him uh, like uh, the old pumpkin face, the governor of Illinois. All right. He said in these times of sacrifice that, you know, baseball players should, you know, take the pay cut. Yeah. How's but, his pay cut? Well, anyone that's seen this guy's known this guy hasn't sacrificed a meal in years. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. um, well, it turns out that he's also, he has $3.4 billion. All right. He also turns out that the governor of Illinois owns the Hyatt hotel chain yet he's calling out baseball players, right? Like, so you see how quickly the billionaires, the billionaires have portrayed it like the players are somehow un-American and and greedy. And I, you know, I don't know how, you know, it's amazing to me the adoration that people have for these billionaires that hate you, right? And it's amazing. It's like against your own interest, like, Like, I talked about it with Le'Veon Bell, with Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers. It was the same thing, Kev. Le'Veon Bell held out for money, tried to change the marketplace for the running back position, right? Tried, you know what I mean? Like, he was taking one for the, 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 the union. He was losing money by not playing. And what happened? His own teammates turned on him. The offensive lineman, I'm out here busting my ass for two mil a year, and he's complaining. Well, you know what? You're 360 pounds and fat. And if you can run like he would, you'd make more money like he could. So you don't, right? But the players turned on him. The media turns on him. Uh, and, and everybody calls him, oh, I work here. I work at Walmart. I do this. I do that. And it's just an old, stupid argument. And you figure that people would say, you know what? Here's a kid that came from nothing, just looking out for himself. But instead, they stand up for the, the Rooney family, who owns a football franchise and are billionaires' camp. <laughs> it's amazing. Like yeah, it, it is, really is, it amazing is amazing how rich people have made have spun it, like in which people cheer for them. Oh, you greedy player. And everything baseball is doing right now. I don't even think the owners they all knew they weren't playing July fourth in these stadiums, dude. Sure. It's a PR game they're
2: playing to make
1: the players look bad. Well, because the PR games the
2: work. CBA coming up next year as well. The PR game's working for very simple reasons, Gabe. People who work for these uh, companies, you know, you work for USA Today. You still have a mandate. You're working for a company. You come out, you're the baseball guy. You come up with articles. Who's your mouthpiece? They're getting the word from the owners. Oh, this is the next... Latest proposal. This is what is happening. This is what we have. And then we find out that the players haven't even heard about this, haven't been discussed. You know what I mean? They haven't come up with a plan together. None of it works. And I'll tell you another thing to back up. Your argument is when these politicians and other people start taking money out of their pocket, too, and say, I'll work for less, then I'll give them some respect.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say that about the governor of Illinois, but he doesn't accept a salary.
2: <laughs> oh, he doesn't? I was say, oh, okay. I was, I was going to say. Oh, i give uh, credit, for, you I'll give you credit for that. I'll give credit for that. That's good. Yeah, well, but he still guys, got $3.4 billion, $3.4 billion yeah. million dollars or billion dollars. <laughs> you have to ask yourself, like,
1: if you have $3.4 billion, oh. why do you want a job that pays $150,000 a year?
2: What's your real motive for having that
1: job? In Excellent perfect, point. Right?
2: To help your assets. Wow.
1: Well, and, you know, but it's, you know, the system's in place, and you see it. sports is a lot like the real world. And, you know, that that's, that's basically... You know, you see the frontline workers right now, you know, the owners of these meat processing plants, they're not in the factory, right? Yeah, they're not in the factory, they're in Florida on a golf course. Yep. Right? So, but they, you know, the whole back-to-work crowd, they're not the ones that are actually on the front lines going back to work. That's that's the big issue here. And that's the thing with baseball players. I don't, you know, I don't the money is a non-starter, but you know what's crazy is they spotted it as. The players are not going to accept this. It's a Mm non-starter. And it was for them. But the thing is, if you actually, no one reads this stuff, but the owners actually said it's a non-starter that it doesn't uh, be this way. But, you know, so the narrative is, oh, the players aren't going to accept this 50-50 revenue. And basically, the owners already stated, we're not playing unless you accept this. So, like I said, the, the owners did a great job of spinning this. Uh, how about the Yankees? The Yankees said, oh, well, you know, we think the Major League Baseball players are patriots. They'll do this for, for patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great, yeah. I'm <laughs> That's <a> funny. <laughs>
2: that is funny,
1: New England Patriots? Yeah, yeah, we're, talking we're, about? We're, we're patriots. Um, and, you know, Andrew Jones, you know, Andrew Jones, great ball player. He's now in Japan, actually. Yep. All right? And he sort of got screwed over by baseball system. Andrew Jones, not even, like, playing in Major League Baseball right now, tweeted and said, are you effing kidding me? And he said, you guys better start talking. And uh, he said, I'm talking big players. And he goes, you know who you are. He said, it's time to like end all this ridiculous BS and about, uh, about Major League Baseball's plan and stuff. And he said, oh, people are gonna criticize you. And he said, who do you have cares? And he's exactly right. That's the point of being a hundred millionaire. Doesn't matter what people on Twitter say, bring it.
0: DailyRoto.com.
1: Game time decision continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, coming down with the Ranger Redhead, Cam Stewart. You can check us out weekdays at 6, right here on SB Nation, radio and the loudest station in the nation as we follow Scotty Farrell going coast to coast. Uh, we've got a lot of picks uh, to get to. We've got NASCAR. We've got UFC. We've got a little Bundesliga soccer uh, as well, taking a look at some totals in the Bundesliga. But... Uh, uh, you know, I was getting fired up. This baseball talk always gets me fired up. This show's had an edge to it uh, this week, uh, so there's a lot of things that are uh, grinding my gears, uh, so to speak. Uh, but let's lighten the mood uh, right now and uh, talk uh, a little bit about this uh, this skins game on Sunday uh, between Rory and Dustin versus Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. We gave you the tail of tape. On uh, yesterday's uh, program, so we set the stage already. Let's get into some of these numbers uh, right now. And I mentioned there's just so there's a lot of props uh, for for this, and you know different books are going to have different props, uh, etc. Uh, looks like there's been a little bit of money coming in on the underdog guy uh, here right now, as far as um, as far as the Oklahoma State Cowboys are concerned with Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf Numbers dropping. But let me ask you about the first hole here, Cam. There's a prop up. Yep. To win the first hole or to be a draw. So tie first hole, minus 150. Love it. Rory McIlroy and Johnson to win the first hole, plus 250. Fowler and Wolf to win the first hole, plus 340. You got to believe that both these teams just start off with par, don't you, at minus 150?
2: I would. I would. I would either do... Uh, and you know my stance on the underdog. This is what I think, too. And I watch a lot of golf. Dustin Johnson, a lot of the time, and Rory with the first shot, that's dangerous for a big hitter, right? If these guys aren't – remember, this is a long time. Sure, they're hitting the driving range, but when they spray it due to their length, they're going to be probably in a worse position than Fowler and Wolf are. So, to me, I still think tie is uh, obvious, and it, it's only 150, but to the plus 340 on Wolf is very, very, very intriguing as well. Because when a big hitter misses, they're going to miss by a lot. And I could tell you, I don't care what these guys are practicing. They could be rusty on the, on the first tee. You know, so, you know, at plus 340. It's worth a sprinkle, man.
1: At plus 340, you know, exactly. You're basically betting. It's almost you're betting on the, you know, it's the drive and it's also the putt. You know what I mean? DJ's not the best putter at
2: times, Ken. No, he's not. Guy no. hasn't putted in a while out there. Oh man,
1: oh, I missed one. You know what I'm
2: of, what's Rory's weakest part of his game, too? Wedge. Yeah, anything short game. Inside, short game. Anything, yeah. His putting's getting a little bit better, but anything inside 140, most PGA tours have a proximity of around 10.6 feet. When Racoboroy did it, it was around 20-something. Like, he could win so many more tournaments, but he has a real problem getting close with his wedge. He's been working on it. So that's intriguing to me because if Matthew Wolf and Fowler are in the right spot, those two actually have better percentiles with the wedge, and I trust the putting too. So I think at that big, big price, especially out of the gate on the first hole, I'd lean to the underdog. That's a crazy price. Gabe, you know what? You can – at that number, I have to bet it now. Plus I'll 340. Even take a oh, yeah, plus 340, yes. I yes. wish,
1: and yeah, this is like my, I uh, wish that I, they, they had curling teasers. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, could get three, three and a half rocks. Three
2: and a half rocks, yeah. No, but, not, uh, uh,
1: <laughs> I would like this if it was like uh, just, hey, I get plus 340, and if it doesn't win, if a, if it's uh, a push, it's a push. Yeah, that'd be
2: great. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, a three-way
1: bet, though. <laughs> three-way bet. It's like soccer, yeah. three-way. Ty, yeah. McElroy, Johnson. Listen, if you think McElroy Johnson are going to win the first hole, it's plus 250. That's still pretty good, too. You know, you know, Ken, is it worth it, actually, to take them both? McElroy and Johnson at plus 250, Fowler and Wolf at plus 340, and you just hope that nobody ties, right? You just right. got to pray that it's not a, a a push after the first hole. An Excellent point. Think about it. Plus 340. You just hope that somebody, and I like that, Cam, because you, you just guarantee need one
2: money. guy to screw up. So somebody shank one here. <laughs> yeah. That's thinking outside the box, and that's a really good way to look at it. So you throw the tie out the window. You don't even care who wins the first yeah. goal, right? And and think about the underdogs winning. You don't even mind sucking the unit uh, f- uh, to take the favorite. No, good- look,
1: you're get, you're throwing away the minus one fifty, but you know you yeah. get back a plus one fifty or a plus two forty in the equation after either way. And
2: get your you get your wager and and the money. Hmm, that look, sounds like a Let's just say hypothetically,
1: guys, and we'll use $100, but you can bet $10 too, right? We'll just use $100. So let's say you bet $100 on McElroy and Johnson to win the first hole. They win the first hole, you're getting $350 back. Correct. You put two, uh, $100 on Fowler and Wolf to win the first hole. You win that hole, you're getting $440 back. You put up $200. At minimum, you would have $150 profit. As long as if you put $100 on McElroy-Johnson first hole, $100 on Fowler and Wolf to win the first hole. If if either one of them won the first hole, you would win a minimum of $150 profit. Remember something.
2: If Fowler and Wolf win, you'll win $240 profit. I think it's something to think about, too, because these guys are all playing their own ball. Right? So think about this, like some yes, guy it's hits- not best some ball. Guy. It's, it's not all play, best ball. They all play. It's the best score of each team. They all play through. It. Some guy nuts his tee shot. He goes yeah. in like a buck, whatever, knocks it to two feet, kicks it in a birdie, and these other turkeys are have birding putts from like 30 feet away. It's a very intriguing bet because those things happen a lot. Gabe, you've sold me. You should have come to my house with encyclopedias or Tupperware because I'm buying today.
1: I've got more. I've got uh, more. I've got some uh,
2: flexed, uh, some flex steel tape if you need. Flex steel? Flex steel? Oh, I need it. My, uh, my toilet's uh, got a leak. Give me some flex steel yeah, yeah. there, uh, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I do need flex I've always thought, too, I got to get you a gift one of these days. I've always thought, I want to get you one of those uh, non-stick pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From, oh, yeah. The the Rock Mountain or whatever. Yeah. What's up? Meg Colombe. That Bay Bay. Yeah. Uh, so was the Australian guy?
2: marvelous flambe fajitas <laughs> Blue diamond that blue diamond pan looks great. You're right. Indestructible. Yeah. Good call game. I do. need Yeah, one but of those not pens. bad. As I
1: stated, see? see, 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 I've been around. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at the numbers here. And I just thought, but well, you got to hope. And this is a bet like this. And another thing is guys too. It's a risky bet. I get it. And listen, I'm not going to drop a hundred on it. We're using the numbers, but Hey, it's a profitable bet. Either way you do both. But what I like about this even more, Kev, is these guys haven't played. Yep. I know that they practiced and whatever behind the scenes. They're swimming in the club and stuff. But still, they haven't been in a competitive thing, TV cameras around them and stuff. Like you said, man, DJ can get up there and just rip one. Like, just like, oh, that's gone. Yeah, You know what I mean? And like, oh, a lot of pressure on Rory now. You better not yep. miss it. You know what I mean? Suddenly, all it takes is one guy to screw up, and it's a good point that you raise, too. I like it. DJ is erratic. Listen, DJ can shank a drive. Uh, I've seen Rory shank drives, bro. Uh, Rory's short game isn't great. His putting is, but DJ misses putts all the time. Yep.
2: I, yeah, listen, man, we, can, we I- can steal a hole here, I think. That's what I'm telling you. It's one early. That's why I'm betting Fowler and Wolf. No, first hole. They haven't played in forever. Not just that, even for the tournament, because Fowler's flaws, like when you look at his total game, sure, he doesn't do as many things well as like Rory McIlroy, but he can do everything well when playing. I mentioned it before, top five in all majors. It's a good, good matchup. And Gabe, we will go through them all, but if you're going to take the dog in the matchup, remember, it's total skins. You have to do both because say me and you are playing, we're playing. These guys are playing carry over, carry over, carry over. Say they have six pars in a row. Whatever team wins that seven, how are they going to lose if there's like seven skins on the line in, in the tournament? I'm saying the dog makes a lot of sense if you're going to go dance with them to win. I like to dance with them at the skins, too. I like plus 155. I think it's a great bet.
1: Uh, we're pulling it—not dancing with the devil, but dancing with the
2: underdogs. We're dancing with the wolf. Oh, yeah, Wolfman, Wolfman, Teen Wolf. Let's go. And Ricky, you know this is the type of thing too.
1: Help, helps Ricky. Help, uh, helps Ricky. Ricky's rap a little bit if he can pull this out too. Exactly. He not needs- a major anything, but it's one of those. Yeah, he, Ricky. What?
2: Ricky he, beat he, him. He, they beat him. He, you know what I mean? You don't think Ricky needs it more? Oh, Rory, you're the best player in the world. Dusty, oh yeah, man, we all love you, man. You hit it a mile. Wolfman and him are just like going into this fight as complete underdogs, you're right. And Ricky needs something positive. That's uh, another feather in his cap there. Oh boy, Ricky's busting out some new Cobra irons. That's fine. Don't worry about it. He's got, these golfers <laughs> dude, Let have to tell you something because my buddies have played on mini tours. You know how many sets of clubs guys have? Like 14 in their basement. My buddy's got like 25 putters. What am I going to use today, right? I'm telling you, even if Ricky brings out new equipment, he's he's probably played with it a lot before. So I'm not going to freak out about that.
1: Here's an interesting, um, some interesting numbers uh, here. Uh, you talked about it. People don't know Matthew Wolf. and you know, I think I think we're on to something here. When you and I, we threw this out there, we called it. We said, "Oh, Tiger Woods and and, and Tiger Woods, and uh, and Peyton Manning," they're going to be like minus two hundred, right? And Bing was minus two hundred. And remember when this one came out? After we said, "Oh, this has got to be like minus 300 or something, right?" And I was th- I was thinking more of like, like for the public perception. It's dropping right now. It's like the oddsmakers know. The oddsmakers know Matthew Wolf can play. People are thinking, "Oh, it's going to be easy for Dustin and Rory." It's not like the closer that this thing gets, the more I'm like, "Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah." It's not even a doubt in my mind. I'm betting on Fowler and Wolf. I already have, Gabe. I've already double clicked it. I'm looking for more props in the match. You've got me sold on the uh, on the birdie, but, uh, the any team first hole match I like too because the numbers are worth the risk. Odds are, yes, it should be a tie because there's four guys playing. But you're going to give me significant numbers like that. Think about that. You win that first bet, Wolf and them win. You're up like 240, 250 before you start the damn tournament. And if the other guys win. McElroy and DJ, you're up 140, 150 before the thing starts. That's beautiful. How you about this, you got bullets in the gun. What do, what do they say? Uh, drive for show, putt
1: for dough. Yes, they do. You know who the best putter, uh, the best putter uh, out of these four guys is? It's Ricky. I would say Ricky or Wolf, yeah. Definitely. Ricky is averaging more than 80 feet putts uh, made per round since last summer. Ninth best on tour in that span, well ahead of the other three players. The 2017 Tour Leader in strokes gained putting, Fowler statistically the strongest on the greens of the four. Putting is the worst uh, ranking Rory has of the uh, the strokes uh, gained. DJ, on the other hand, has struggled quite a bit uh, with the putter in recent months. True. Yeah? yeah, like I did. I'm telling you, they're gonna win. We're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna be on Monday. People are gonna be thanking us for giving them. I hope they do. The Oklahoma
2: State <laughs> Cowboys i'm i'm uh, every every site i got click 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 yeah i'm going wild on the Wolfman and Fowler they better get it done <laughs> i'll tell you that all you need to know is about the numbers here guys all you
1: need to know like you've you've got what what do they have how many combined majors these guys got was a five five combined majors um uh you know you, you go on the, the, through through the list here Rory and dj have a combined 38 pga tour wins 192 weeks ranked uh, number one. Ricky and Matthew
2: have six wins and zero weeks ever. Exactly, exactly. I'm not worried about it. Don't worry, everything's gonna be okay. Also, those numbers are also skewed a little bit. Wolf just came on tour. The guy was—he uh, he was a college kid at Oklahoma State, one of the best NCAA players. And Gabe, he's already won on tour. No offense to these other guys. Did they win on tour in their like fourth or fifth event? I don't think they did. Wolf did.
1: Yeah, and you did? know, I'm telling you, <laughs> I like to believe that right now, as we speak, Matthew Wolf is like on a putting green. He's practicing, thinking this is super cool. Uh, man, right now, Rory and DJ probably drinking like you know. $800 bottle of wine. I hope so. Just sort of laughing it up, kicking it with their sponsors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great times here, huh? I'm, I'm telling you, got to yeah. like the young underdogs here. They got something to prove. What do Rory and DJ got something to prove? Yeah, Rory, Rory's worried about winning a Masters and running the table here and getting a Grand Slam. DJ's worried about getting home back to Polina exactly. uh, right now. Give me the
2: Oklahoma State Cowboys plus the points. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if those guys took a mini tumble down the stairs. Not not a bad one, but just uh, something (laughs) that (laughs) helped. Oh, last time you did this, Zion Williamson's shoe broke. Uh Oh, on the grid. Game time decisions
1: (laughs)
0: continue. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the dailyroto.com optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join dailyroto.com. Oh boy,
1: game time decisions continues. And uh, for those of you that heard the end of that last segment, Damn said, well, you oh, go need him to fall down the stairs, but not, no, no, not, no, not like a
2: little tumble.
1: Yeah, and of course, looks... they reference to Dustin Johnson falling, and I'll use air quotes uh, right now for people listening, uh, fell
2: um, down, down the stairs at the Masters that time. God knows what really happened. Uh, uh, let's uh, just say, I've fallen down my stairs. I've lived here 12 years a couple times, and I was both, like, basically uh, annihilated moonshine drunk, like can't see. That's so, you're falling yeah. down stairs, you either have to fall on a kid's toy, like a Lego block, and it went into your foot, or or Be Wasted, and I'm gonna pick Be Wasted. Just just my thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. whatever whatever happened, we don't know, <laughs> right? We don't know. And I, I,
1: believe, I don't believe the official story. Yes. Uh, but, so Cam once famously stated, and people just tuning in, it's a true story, it's unbelievable, we got about a minute and a half, but I'll blast through it. Um, when the Virginia Cavaliers won two years ago, so there was no champion this year, but two years, when the Virginia Cavaliers won, Cam took them. And it was like mid-season and stuff. And Virginia were looking pretty good, except so were Duke. Yes, right. They were. And like Duke were sort of in the way. And it was like, you know, Virginia and Duke were the best teams in the ACC. And Duke was sort of in the way and Zion Williamson. And that night, uh, Cam says, he goes, you know, I need something bad to happen to Duke. <laughs> he goes, I need something bad. He goes, you know, not like real. He goes, not that their bus crash is bad, but, you know, I need something bad to happen to them. Uh, my that mind. night, Zion Williamson's shoe breaks and he gets knocked out. Everyone was like, Cam has magic powers. Yeah, you actually know. felt bad about it. I after. did. I did. Nah, whatever. It's not your fault. Nike no, made No, it's a not. Shoe. Yeah. The, the, um, shoe, the shoe broke. And, hey, how many times have I had like. It coincidence that you said you need something bad to happen to Duke. Yeah, and something happened to Duke that night. And now you just said, you need, <laughs> you're encouraging a slight tumble
2: down of steps for Rory or Dustin. Yeah, just something. Yeah, just a little bit of a pull, minor pull. I got no problem with that. Yeah, because uh, we're going deep on the Wolf never, there There is a comedian, Michelle Wolf. That was there, and She got ripped. She did the White House correspondence dinner, right?
1: And she goes, you know, what would be better if like Kellyanne Conway was in the forest and a tree fell on top of her? And everybody started like, oh my God. She goes, no, 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 she doesn't die. She's just sort of stranding there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, oh, okay, that's okay. All right. <laughs> She's like, she doesn't die. Get on the grid, take thy decisions, bring it.
0: DailyRoto.com